You're listening to the His and Hers podcast with me, Kevin Cronin. Hello and welcome to another episode of the His and Hers boxing podcast. My name is Lee Costello and I am joined by Neil Campbell. Hi everybody. And today we are joined by Kevin Cronin, the only carry man to be currently a, a professional boxer and not a footballer. Currently, uh, like not a gabballer for anyone that's listening thinking soccer. Yes. Um, yeah, currently as of February 2021, maybe you're listening to this in 10 years time and pro boxing has absolutely blown up in Kerry. Maybe uh-huh. he'll have started it. Yeah, it could all be because of Kevin. He's uh, a wonderful interview, really charismatic guy. And it's not to say that he didn't try out Gaelic football. It maybe just... Uh, didn't work out for anyone who you can read hear, my article. You'll hear, all about, you'll hear all about that in the upcoming interview. Um, but just remember, we are brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Stamina Sports. That's at stamina.sports on Instagram and Twitter. Check them out for all your loungewear, club gear and sporting needs. So without further ado, here's Kevin. Uh, for those who don't know, like Kevin is a, a firefighter. Firefighter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm called. When you're not boxing the heads of people or fighting people um, or training to fight people, you're fighting flames. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Trying to anyway. Um, yeah, look, it's enjoy- It's actually an enjoyable job as well, but there's tough times there. But it suits. it's very well suited to my training as well because um, obviously being on call, I have a lot of time to train. But then it can upset a few trainings as well where I have to leave them early and stuff like that. But you can always get back to them later. But other than that, I enjoy the job and I enjoy training. So everything's perfect. Mm-hmm. I was, I was going to ask, because um, like it be, could be quite a physical job. Does the, is that a good thing? Because then, you know, you sort of keeps you in shape or is it a bad thing? Because, you know, a big hard day at work and then you have to go to the gym and uh, spar and have lift heavy weights and stuff. Yeah, do you know what? It's actually good for me in a way. Um, like obviously some fight, like the fight, just being a firefighter doesn't mean you have to be like in top shape the whole time. Like, but for me, I'm kind of using it in that way as in I used to be very bad in between fights I'd be up at 93 kgs I used to when I wasn't fighting or in camp I mean I was just normal day training I wouldn't be sticking to my nutrition very good uh-huh. I'm kind of I'm using it as a way to just like in my head I'm telling myself I have to be in you know, top shape the whole time or you know, this will happen or that will happen so since I've actually joined them I've you know, I've been 100% with my nutrition all year round you know and things like that but it's just kind of the, the mental side of it, really. You know, just telling myself them things. So that way, it's a it's a gift. Uh, but yeah, physically demanding. You'd want yeah, you'd want to be fairly physically fit for some situations you're put into. All right. No, absolutely. Um. So here we'll we'll just start right from the very start. I mean, like your, your journey yeah. in the boxing. Wait, how, how did that come about? I mean, being from Kerry as well. Uh, I think it's fair to say it's 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 not the biggest sport there. No, it's a yeah the boxing. Was never a big sport in Kerry, really. Um, hopefully, I can kind of bring it back a bit. Um, I still think it might be another few years before it's massive. But saying that, there's a lot of like there's a lot of young prospects and stuff in clubs there. They're very good boxers, and hopefully, they can stick it out. Um, yeah, look, being from Kerry is tough because obviously my my head coach is in Dublin, and I have to travel up and down to train with him. And I have another coach in Kerry as well, a boxing coach who was my amateur coach, so he's kind of turning over to the pros as well. My strength and conditioning coach. Um. Yeah. Look, the, the hardest part of being from Kerry really is trying to get the the sparring. You know, like the the top level sparring really is above in Dublin and Belfast and places like that. So the worst of it really is just traveling. So um, which isn't too bad either. You know, what is it? A couple of hours of a car journey. That's the worst of it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, 
look being down here is a gift really do you know it's, a, yeah. it's going going for your running everything is always a nice view do you know it's just, yeah you're never going to be saying oh I don't want to go for a run it's boring do you know you can just go a different trek and you'll be running beside a lake or something so that's a plus side really from being from Kerry so so what inspired you to get into boxing then um because the inspiration around you would have been few and far between yeah um yeah I grew I kind of grew up through my younger years uh involved in Gaelic so Gaelic football and I would have I really liked that, but I wasn't really in love with it or anything like that. I was, mm-hmm. I was a bit of a, <laughs> I was a bit of a scrapper as well in the field. <laughs> I was known for <laughs> it in fashion there, but um, I kind, my brother got into boxing in Tralee, and he was competitive at it. I was about, I think I was only about ten, but he was he was competitive at it, and I used to just be kind of in around the gym, just watching him and punching the bags, and I was kind of boxing, but I was really only doing the training in the background. I wasn't sparring or anything like that. And that went on for a year or two, however long he was competing for. And then he left the sport and, and it was unfortunate as well because he was he was actually a decent boxer as well. And he could have you know, he could have went somewhere if he stuck with the sport. But he left the sport and then I didn't see a boxing club until I was, I, I'm not sure I was 15 or 16, one of the two. What, I, what actually got me back into it was my amateur coach now so where I trained out of was a place called Valley Bunyan, and it's about 50-minute drive from where I was living at the time. And my amateur coach now, or my amateur coach, he done just kind of taste or boxing sessions in where I was living in a yeah. town called Milltown. So I just, you know, I, I, got, I, put, I piled on a lot of weight through the years, you know, not bad nutrition, you know. I didn't take the Gaelic football serious either, so I wasn't trying to stay in peak condition for that. So I just kind of, I put on a lot of weight and, you know, what got me back into it really was I seen he, there was like a thing in the paper and it was like, John, the box, they're going to do boxing there for a couple of weeks. I said, you know what, I, I can do with losing a few kg. I'm going to go down and lose a few kg. But, you know, once I got down there, <laughs> the last thing I went to do was lose a few kg once we got back into pads and stuff. And I, I, I was like, geez, I really miss, John, even just the smell of the bags and the gloves and all that, just getting back into it, you know, and I was kind of like, Jesus, you know what? I, I might stick this out for a while, but I was still kind of sticking out to lose weight. But then at the same time, I was enjoying it. You know, I was enjoying learning more about boxing and enjoy getting better at it and things like that. That's really what got me into it. So what got me into it was just to you know, shed a few pounds, but then uh, the addiction kicked into it. Didn't. Yeah, because that's one of the things I was going to say to you. know, I was reading um, in your amateurs, you were sort of like hovering around super heavyweight and you know, you yeah. this power um and now you're at light heavyweight in in the pro game was that really difficult or like just a mad transition to make uh at the start my first time cutting to it was so i was walking around like i was about 115 kg super heavyweight like and mm-hmm. i was carrying bad weight but i wasn't someone you know did you see in the ring and say geez he's 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 fat or he's very heavy or <laughs> like that. So he has no business there because i had my height and you know, yeah. I know whether well, six two would be a small heavyweight anyway, you know, but I kind of had a bit of height to did it cover it up a bit. But once I started taking it more serious and getting competitive, which was kind of at super heavyweight, it kind of started. But I was just like, you know, this is this is mad. Like, you know, just jumping in the ring with these lads heavier than me and ripped to the bone. And I was like, you know, 
they're punching like fucking freight trains. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. I was, you know, I wasn't getting wobbled or anything, but man, was I feeling every punch they were throwing. Like, you know, some lads you can go in with, and they might be big punchers, but there's some guys you go in with and they're just punching you, and you just, you'd just be going under a treat. You want nothing of it, like. So what we done was I actually cut down the heavyweight in it. Well, it was heavyweight in the amateurs. It'd be cruiserweight in the pros, but it was in the amateurs. So heavyweight was 91 kg. Uh, the cut to that, well, the transition wasn't too bad. Uh, I kind of I got to about 103 easy, actually very quick because it was bad weight. It came off quick. Mm-hmm. And then from there to 91, was it was slight struggle, but you could see my body and stuff was starting to change and you know evolve into the coming down to 91 but when I got there I started competing away better I was I was still kind of a bit wild with my punches and stuff like that but you could tell it was suiting me a lot better because when I was hitting people at 91 you know I could see it in them John that every punch was hurting so I was like geez John that's when I started figuring out I was carrying power and I wasn't swinging, always looking for this mad power shot. I was trying to box, but, you know, I was hurting a lot of people and stopping a lot of people as well in 91, which is, you know, it's not, it doesn't happen a lot in the amateurs when you're stopping, a, you know, to be stopping a lot of people. Yeah. But the transition from 91 to 81 for 81 light heavyweight in the amateurs, that was nuts. <laughs> it was, yeah. oh my God, it was torture. Because I wasn't carrying a whole pile at 91. I was carrying a bit. But I wasn't, you know, the 10 kgs was just torture to get off, to be honest with you. Um, I think I, I think I remember I just I never seen 81 until the very day of the day that I was to compete first at 81. <laughs> it was I, I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought I was going to come in at like 82 and a half or something that I'd have to fight 91s in. And I was like, oh, God, just going up to the scales. It was over in Harringy, actually, and Ali Pelly. And I was like please just say 81 like or even if it said 81 and a half I said I'd somehow shed out the half a kg like mm-hmm. but I, I was full I was convinced in my head it was going to say 82 or 3 but next thing it said 81 and oh my god I think that's nearly what I was just more delighted with the making the weight over there than competing or winning to be honest with you <laughs> like that's half the battle wasn't it I think it's a real um well obviously you can say it better than I can I'm not a pro boxer but men- mentality wise like once you, you've made the weight, like you say, like psychologically, you were sort of freaking out, like, am I even going to make this? Like once you made the weight, are you not sort of like, oh, well, deadly, this is the fight one in my head sort of thing, because the hard part yeah. in a way is kind of out of the way. Yeah, well, I, I tell you a funny one, actually, I made 81 and then they said one hour late, it was like, oh, geez, Kevin, you're fighting in an hour. And I was like, oh, Jesus, you know, can't even get something to eat. Like, like I, no, I grabbed a protein bar and a banana and I just kind of ate them and uh Next thing I I've like I knew I knew I was strong in ninety one, but I mean your man went to me. He was no small eighty one, Joe, compared to all the eighty ones. He would have actually been a fairly big eighty one. But I like I ragged out him around the ring, Joe. Every punch was just kind of throwing him, and I was like, Jesus, this eighty one is gonna be easy. But next thing I won that fight easy and went on the next day. Oh my god, I came I came onto the scales at like seventy nine point something. Then the next day I was like, what? is going on here like you know my way to drop the game but obviously my body was in cutting mode you know still because I was trying to cut so much so fast and I was like and I was eating like I was really trying to build it up and uh, it still just stayed at like seven I can't remember it was like 79.6 or something for the day but um I went in and I mean the weight cut just got me I the next fight I just like 
I still probably I I was I gave a good fight like it was a three two split decision but my god I was I my legs weren't under me I was so drained and everything it was like if I was kind of in my head saying Joff I'm going to fight this way again but actually in my head I was kind of done with the amateurs at that stage I was like Joff I'm never going to fight this way again I'd want to be figuring something out like because I can't be this drained the whole time competing at it and then. Uh, that was mad, yeah. The first fight was very enjoyable because every punch I was throwing was just moving the person in front of me. But the second <laughs> fight, I was just drained and I was like, ah, oh, no, this is torture. No, I mean, that's probably one of the huge advantages or preferences of being a professional is that you get that full day yeah. to rehydrate. Yeah, and, and, and it's it's a different kind of cut as well. You know, you can yeah. be 84 kgs the day before, like, and it's a water cut, whereas with the amateurs, you kind of have to hold that weight for three days, so you wouldn't really want to be doing a water cut. Mm-hmm. What is it then, Kevin, that sort of spurred you on to go professional? I was reading something, like an interview you did with The Independent, and, you know, you talked about you had your fair share of bad decisions. Um, You know, I'm sure, like, every amateur has been through it. You know, yeah. you don't even want to fight in your head, or your coach tells you you want to fight, and it just didn't go your way. Um, Is that what sort of turned your head into going pro, or was it always sort of on your plans? Yeah, well, look, it was, it was, it was on my radar, but but I kind of didn't think about it. John, you know, I, I thought about it before because obviously carrying a bit of power, John, you know, being able to move around, I was like, John, you know, be more suited there, but it was gone out of my head. I completely forgot about it. But I kind of, what reminded me was after the fight, there was a guy sitting down there, Leonard Gunning, who's my manager now. And it was him. I was talking to him, I don't know, a couple of months prior. And that's what actually first kind of put it in my head as well. But I'd forgotten about that and he was ringside for that fight and he's watching and he came over and he was there, Joe, Jesus, he's there, you should have won the fight. And I was like, yeah, yeah Joe, whatever, you don't go away. Like, and <laughs> it was, it was, uh, he just, look, he took my number and he kind of, he just planted the seed in. He was like, Joe, that's your style that you're fighting there. He said, Joe, it'll be very suited to the pros. And the thing is, I always, I had always, I'd say nearly every fight I've had, I've lost the first round. I just, I go through this feeling out phase and then very slow to feel out a fight. And even the second round, I'm still kind of feeling out. In the amateurs, three rounds, the fight's gone, like by the time I'm built yeah. into the fight. Because even sparring and stuff there now with other pros, like I, it just, it takes me a round and a half to feel out. And then I start getting, going through the gears then. But that was, that wouldn't work in the amateurs, you know. No, 100%. What, what then, in terms of lockdown, like what were your plans or, you know, your manager's plans for you for 2020? Obviously, like they didn't pan out because of the lockdown and stuff, but what, what was meant to happen in 2020 that you're now hoping can go forward in 2021 or 2022? Hopefully 2021. <laughs> yeah, it, like we had, I was talking to my manager and at the start before we even knew, we knew when we knew COVID was in China, but we thought it was just a China thing at that stage. Like, and then, we said like we had planned on getting six fights that was the plan we said we might get more but we're getting six fights we're definitely getting six fights we wanted to get two two or three more four rounders and then get two or three six rounders and maybe even an eight rounder we just wanted to keep building the experience mm -hmm. and just just working just being ready when the time came really to step up and step into the title fights Um, that was the plan like i I did have a talk with him, like, you know, after the six fights, if something was to come up, could it happen in Kerry? Because, you know, it's so boxing, so, you know, mm. the level isn't there in Kerry. Mm -hmm. So they would have never seen 
anything like it in Kerry, really. So I, I actually have a big following for that reason. Yeah. And I was just like, wouldn't it just be mad to just like the INEC and Clarinet just to pack out that arena? You know, if I could get a title shot and just pack it out after the six fights, pack it out and fight for the title and even you know, win the title in Kerry, I was saying like it would just be nuts. So that yeah. was kind of the six fights were the plan for 2020, but that was what I was building them towards. And, it, you know, to be honest, it's still what I'm kind of building towards, to be honest. Do you know what would be some crack if Kerry, uh, if the GA team, the GAA team gets to the, like, well, not probably well, like the monster final again or something, half time, you come out and, and do. <laughs> <laughs> batter someone at half time. Batter someone at half time with Super Bowl, does half time shows. Just half the court thing. Right. Keep me away from the Gaelic football games because there's always been trouble when I'm involved in this. <laughs> it's funny, you should say, uh, Gaelic football would be our second sport after uh, boxing. Uh, what, what, what position were you? You said you were just sort of like a big man, so either a yeah, full back actually, or a full forward. I, I grew up playing in goals at the start uh-huh. I was playing with the, I was younger than all the rest and I was I was like let's say I was just out of under 12s but I was playing in goals for the under 16s kind of thing because um I, I wasn't bad in goals but I kind of got sick of being in goals I was like fuck this freezing cold here like freezing my balls off here <laughs> behind it, in the middle of Dingle or somewhere like and the the wind coming in off the ocean and me standing in goals and the rest of them lovely and warm running around the pitch I said nah I said I'm done with this like and I, I actually moved into cornerback and then they moved me to fullback. And then they tried me out one day. I think this is like under 16s or something. And corner forward. And like, I would have never put myself as a forward. Like, cause I was, I was so big compared to the other footballers as well. And next thing, I had a cracker of a game. And then they moved me to wing forward. And like, I was actually, like, I'm not, I don't want to be blowing my own horn or anything, but I was a very good wing forward. Like, and I was, I was scoring and, I was when I was playing wing forward, I was kind of doing some damage at midfield with the kickouts and stuff. I was kind of I was taller than the rest, and I was job breaking down the ball and stuff. And I was I was very good there, but unfortunately, sometimes I was breaking more than the ball on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> breaking faces, and that's when you realise you were better suited. I got I actually got Joe. I got a was a six month or a year ban. I can't even remember. Like there was this fella in the pitch, and he was just constantly nagging, nagging, trying to get something going. The thing is, I, I was never for the pushing and shoving, like, it's either a fight or it's not. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he pushed and he wasn't expecting to get a slap back into the jaw. And, oh, man, that was it. <laughs> Just saying, Rev. Well, here, I know one man you've sort of been having a bit of um, verbal back and forth with is Tyrone's Taylor McGoldrick. What's the, the crack there? Yeah, look, I don't know what the crack is there, to be honest. I was, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was offered to fight him behind closed doors on ESPN. I said, yeah, and as far as I know, we both verbally agreed to it. And uh, just that whole uh, show fell through, Dean, that was meant to be in Belfast. Um, it, it was just kind of, I said at the start of the year, just that I'd be interested in that fight again. And you know what? I'm thinking back. I can't even remember who I said it to or where it came up. But all of a sudden, it just it kind of blew up. And then it just became this rivalry like where it just became this big fight all of a sudden that has to happen in 2021, which I am completely game for, like, you know, uh-huh. If I was offered that fight in the morning, you know, I yeah, I'm taking it. I'm not turning that fight down. But like, I I think it'd be an ideal fight for the you know, for November or something when we go to a couple of fights and uh, really I want him to get a couple of wins coming off that last because I don't want him coming in, you know, wondering, geez, can I do this? Can I do that? I want him coming in knowing he can do something. I I want to face the very best Taylor McGoldrick when it happens. But I 100 percent think it'll happen in 2021. 
But I 100% think it'll happen in 2021. And I 100% want it to happen in 2021, to be honest. Would you like it or do you think it could happen in, in Belfast if it does happen, even if it is behind closed doors? Yeah, uh, look, I like as I said, I, if I was after that fight, I'd take it. it either way. I'd love, I, I think it's a fight. I'd love the crowds there because it's gone mad down here. Like, so I'd be, even if I'm just walking on the street, you know, walking down to the gym or something, people are on to me about it. And mm-hmm. I didn't even think it was that big a deal. To me, it was just me and him having a back or forth. But yeah, if everyone knows about it. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just it's something mad. I, I, I was saying, I just put up on Facebook, you know, that I have fight news coming the last day. And next thing, everyone you know, started texting me, Joe. Is McGoldrick happening? Can we get tickets? Will it be behind closed doors? And it was mad, like, and I was like, geez, no, it's not McGoldrick. Like, but <laughs> you know, it's in by the sounds of things, it's just gonna you know, it'd be well worthy of filling filling out the INEC actually. But I take it wherever. Absolutely. And here, let's elevate it further. Uh, what is it you think about him? <laughs> well, this is what I was gonna say. He's done, I was reading, he's been doing a wee like his fair share of slobber about you, saying, you know. Um, like I think he called you a schoolboy and stuff in, in Irish boxing. He said like beating beating you does not for him at the moment. Do you think he's just trying to think he's being serious? Think he's just trying to get you going, or what's the crack there? Did you know he said that? I know he said it, but I like I don't think he was being serious. I think he was just trying to wind me up. But if he was being serious, then I'd be wondering what is he on about because he's going to go on and fight journeyman and saying I'm not worthy of a shot against him. Yet you live Jimmy from. In West Nigeria or somewhere, I'd come over with 40 losses and 40 knockouts, like, and he'd fight him. So I don't know where that one came out of. Uh, so I presume he's just trying to wind me up. And if not, I see he actually kind of got a bit of backlash over from people. So it didn't work out in his favor. But, um, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what his story is that he can mouth off all he wants. I, I'm, I'm not someone that likes to call people out or go shouting and roaring. But, you know, if he comes, he's getting it. <laughs> it's a little Tyrone Kerry rivalry yet again. Uh, yet again, it's like <laughs> on boxing. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, that that's how we could solve it. We could put him in full back and you in full forward, <laughs> and just throw the ball up between you. See, I'm yet to be beat in the pitch. <laughs> see what happens. So, Kevin, see if you're talking like long term goals. Now, this is like you know big, big dreams. Yeah. What for you would be like? What's your end goal, or who would your dream opponent sort of be? I'd love, I'd love to fight. Uh, I was actually only saying at the last day, I'd love to even, I'd be nowhere near his level yet, but I hope to get there someday. But I'd love to you know, share the ring with Arthur Betterbeal because no one can put a dint in him. And I'd love down the line, you know, just being this huge thing where I come in, you know, I put the dint in him. But mm-hmm. I, I'd like, obviously he's in his 30s. So by the time I get to where I want to be, he might he might be finished, but then again, you don't know what them Russians could say could fight till they're fifty years of age. Like, but um, I'd love to face him someday. But long term goals. At, see, I I don't have my end goal in my head at the minute because I try to kind of take just have one road at a time. At the minute, I I'd like to go kind of a traditional route, Celtic, Irish, European, and at the minute, my goal is to get to that European title shot and win the European title mm-hmm. and then go on and build myself in on the world stage kind of um in goal would definitely be world titles undisputed who wouldn't it be for like you know um but at the minute my goal is to get to that European title shot and win a European title and then go on for world titles and and what what way does it work uh Kevin in terms of 
your job like so if you've got a fight coming up do you take like a, a sabbatical do you sort of save up your holidays for the week before the fight or how does it, yeah how does it work yeah it's gonna it's a bit mad i have to use like it's my holidays i use so i just <laughs> i just save it i save all my holidays it's not too bad i, I brought through holiday days from last year because mm-hmm. we weren't going anywhere anyway so i bought all the holiday days for this year so um I, I just use my holiday days from to be honest and look if it means I get no holiday during the year then I you know, I take the holiday days for the fights rather than holidays to be honest no absolutely and I hear what's the crack like with all the the other firemen and stuff I mean they're bound to give you uh, st- as much as they support you I bet you they give you a stick too I do and I haven't got no support yet nothing but doing all <laughs> <laughs> they haven't they haven't seen me fight yet so um, they'd, uh, like I've got in they, since I fought last I got uh-huh. into the fire brigade so they actually haven't seen me fight live or anything like that. I don't know if they've went on and looked me up on YouTube or anything like that, but they probably wouldn't tell me anyway. But um, like they they haven't seen me fight live. So hopefully the next one now, you know, they'll get to see you know, what I'm about. So they don't really know what I'm about yet. They know this, they knew when I came in because a few of them said to me, you know, just what's the hype about? Like, you know, but um, they haven't seen anything yet. So uh, I'd like to make a good impression in the next one. <laughs> I'd say if they got crowds and it'd be some crack with the whole the whole fire the fire brigade squad there, a little opponent would probably be like, what is going on? <laughs> so this is it's a mad county anyway, I'll tell you that much. And there's the crowd that follow me, they're nuts. Like uh, I didn't even expect this. My like my pro debut and it, like I just presumed oh, it's just a debut thing, but this mm-hmm. came to my second fight as well. But like the crowd, like I just there was a video, I didn't even realise it, but the video after there was a video I just put in your man down and it turned to the crowd and sure there was carry flags all over the place mm-hmm. and there was one lad baiting about around like in the crowd <laughs> here kevin have you ever thought about now i don't know if you actually do this in real life but you know a fireman like slide down the pole you could like slide down the pole into the ring <laughs> uh, go ahead i've never seen the pole in the fire station <laughs> <laughs> oh it doesn't exist then <laughs> it's like in this. Oh, it i'm sure they'd build one in if i want one but like <laughs> I was going to say, surely this has to play some sort of part in your next ring walk. Uh, if you come out to fire starter or something like uh, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> no. what, what is your ring walk song? Do you have like a set one that you like or like a preferred I'll tell one? you, I, I, I was listening to songs before my debut and I picked one for my debut. And next thing I was, my second fight, I was behind the dressing room and I was just, I was literally just getting ready to walk out and some guy walked back and goes, uh, what's your ring walk song? And I joyed completely, forgot, I didn't even think of it. And I goes, oh, shit. And I just cannot think of the name of the song that I used in my debut since. I just, I, I don't remember, what's, I don't even remember what song that I told them, but on in London, I just fluttered out some song and they put it on an Irish song. But I I cannot, for the life of me, remember the name of the song I had in my debut. Like, And they've taken, it was on like TG Car YouTube Live and they've taken down the video so I can't click in to see what I walked out to either so uh, well, it's yeah. really bugging me um, I, d- I don't know what I'll walk out to yet uh, I, I'm definitely going to have to find one where I just keep walking out there so I try to find something now that really gets me up before a fight walking into the ring I'll try to figure that out over the next few fights we'll get that man that was playing the Boron in the video he could come out yeah. your, your I don't think he can like... actually play the Boron he was just baiting it I'd say there was nothing <laughs> holding it after the night just baiting the Boron do you see yeah. thing down south because um, like in Northern Ireland we have a thing what like the Red Triangle where like the fire mm-hmm. department so like the fire department and, and the police department and all they all sort of have fights among each other do you like in amateurs uh, like in amateurs sorry like it's completely amateur yeah. um, do you do anything like that with the guards you see 
I got in over COVID, so I actually yeah. haven't. So I, I'm on, I'm in a year now, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen a whole pile of what goes on outside of COVID. But you, I, I could swear I've heard things like that. They definitely do charity things, mm-hmm. like a load of things for charity. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure have they done boxing events or anything like that. It's it like it's something that it always draw a crowd. I hope they do, but I'd say I'd just be taping on like a fake beard or something going into the ring to be fighting in it, to be honest. But I was gonna say <laughs> like <laughs> but um I, I don't know, I presume they do. But like as I said, I've been in the fire brigade throughout COVID, but I haven't been in the fire brigade outside of COVID, so I don't know. Yeah, well you can definitely help them bait some guards if it, you know you could help coach I could at least help train them. Ah yeah at least <laughs> Stick it to you, Gordy. Um, Kevin, <laughs> would you like to play? Well, actually, you have no choice. We're going to play a wee game. We end all our interviews with them, um, like a few wee games. They're not not fancy. Basically, just clear your head. Um, my game is first, so I'm going to call out like attributes of boxers that you would like to have, and then at the end of that, that will make the perfect boxer. So it'll make Kevin Cronin. So, for say, example, for example, if I were to say to you, if you could have the chin. Of any boxer and it could be like retired current dead alive um whose chin would you want to have oh god chin <laughs> probably um maybe arturo getty he could take a punch yeah yeah mm-hmm. he's a popular answer yep yeah good one and the heart of any boxer oh the heart oh god i'm going to go again with arturo getty <laughs> just every single one <laughs> um stamina Stamina, um, but uh, probably Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never uh, gets tired, like. Oh, I know. Yeah. I haven't seen him tired, to be honest at all. <laughs> no. He looks like he could just sit and have a wee chat with you in between rounds. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm ginger as well, and I don't understand how anyone as pasty as him doesn't get. Ra- I get rope burns and everything. When I'm <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know a, a ginger person. It's all fake. He's not actually. He has ginger. the skin of an elephant. <laughs> he doesn't have a single mark on him. Like no <laughs> red mark. Be an Irish for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, right hand power of any boxer. Arthur Betterbill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then left hand power. I don't know. I mean, I just, I just say Anthony Joshua because he has a nice left hook. But I, do, I don't know about the left hand power now. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to think of like the South Pole and stuff. Um, football. Yeah. Uh, footwork, I'm gonna go Canelo Alvarez. And boxing IQ, Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, I was actually thinking that too. I was like, uh, hand speed. I'm gonna go with Canelo because he don't show it a lot, but I think it's more timing that he he's good at. But um, I go Canelo because I like the timing he has. Yeah. His head movements in terms like his yeah. so fast as well. It's like the matrix reactions is just like you mean. Yeah, that's, that's why he doesn't look tired. Perfect. You know. He never takes a backward step either. He, he looks like he just walks through shots. <laughs> yeah. That is my game. And then you put them all together and it's the perfect boxer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, put that all together and that's Kevin Cronin. It's, I think it's Canelo. <laughs> <laughs> With a bit of gaddy. Yeah. Um, and then Lee, do you want to do yours? Yeah. So I'm just going to do a real quick fire round. So empty that brain of yours and just say the first thing that comes to your head. Um, yeah. First question is dead easy actually for you. Uh, if you weren't a boxer, what would you be? <laughs> What would I be? Yeah. Um, I, it's something I never done. But if I if I was to choose another sport over doing boxing, I'd love to be a sprinter. I'd love to do like hundred meter sprints. But I've never done it. But I just it's just something I think I'd love to do. Cool. Cool. Uh, who is the best opponent you've ever shared a ring with? So it could be in the amateurs or sparring, just anything. 
Um, Mike Perez. Cool. Uh, and your favorite sport other than boxing is? To watch uh, G. Yeah. Uh, pound for pound, best in the world right now is Canelo. Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson? Uh, you have to go with Muhammad Ali, no matter what you think the outcome would be. He's the king. Uh, your favorite fighter to watch growing up? Um, Bernard Dunn. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, if you could change one thing about boxing, what would it be? Oh God, every organization, AIBA, all the mm. amateurs. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Just strip it bare and yeah. going in. Oh, stop. A boot out the door. That's it. That's the only way at this stage. Uh, what advice would you give to a 21-year-old Kevin Cronin? <laughs> Quit. Go do something else. Don't get punched in the face for a living. Um, <laughs> go sprinting. <laughs> oh God, I would. If I could go back, I would never do it because I'm so obsessed with it now I can't get out of it. <laughs> Uh, okay, and this is the last question, and it's a bit of a thinker, so we'll give you time. But you've achieved everything you wanted to achieve in boxing. You've uh, retired, and you're releasing an autobiography. What is the title of that autobiography? Uh, I just go with my nickname, The Kingdom Warrior. The what, sorry? Kingdom Warrior. Yeah, The Kingdom Warrior. Oh, uh, I like that. I couldn't really hear with the Kerry accent there. I was like, uh, hey, yeah. I was going to say, uh, just back to your Gaelic days, like breaking balls and breaking faces. Yeah, yeah that's a good thing. <laughs> that would be yours, like. That could be, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Breaking my face. Yeah. Um, Kevin, well done. You survived our games and you survived our interview. <laughs> nice we, one. We give you a hard time. We're, we're known for roasting people. Ah, like. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you very much. Hopefully, you know, when you do get to fight here in Goldrick or you get to fight in Belfast, it's not behind closed doors. Um, and we can go. Yeah, we can <laughs> yeah, go. Yeah, 100%. The sooner the fans are back, the better. And we actually, I have a voucher for a hotel down in Kerry. I can't even mind where that's I, for. Where is it? I can't remember. It's some really nice hotel. I want it. Um, so <laughs> if you're ever fighting in Kerry and we're allowed to go, we'll go down and use that hotel voucher and come watch you and you bring go. a boron. You just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say every dainty boron's there, you can borrow them after whoever's in there. <laughs> I'd bring a horn or something, you know. You fiddle, know I can't play the fiddle, but... So you can't play the borough. Uh, well, <laughs> this is it. That was a really good interview, wasn't it? I love the Kerry accent. I love the Kerry accent too. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't know why, every time I think I'm going to hear a Kerry accent, I think of young offenders. But it, that's, that, cork. that's cork. I know it's cork. I know it's cork. Completely generalising. It is. That's exactly what's happening. Um, it's just it just screams in my head for some reason. But also a great accent. Yeah, uh, exactly. Can. If you wanna as well, further we plug here. Um, if you wanna check out a, a written interview that Lee oh. did for Irishboxing.com oh, about Kevin uh, breaking breaking balls and breaking faces, which yes. is of course gonna be the title of this podcast episode. Oh, um, you can check that out on our Instagram and mm-hmm. Twitter at his and her boxing no s. Um, make sure to follow us on there as well and subscribe uh, whatever you're listening to this on uh, iTunes Apple Podcasts Spotify CastBox whatever please subscribe like leave a review and share yeah and it's also worth mentioning that we recorded this podcast before the news broke that Kevin will be fighting on the 20th of March in Luxembourg against an unnamed opponent as of as of the 9th of February 2021 it's yeah. an unnamed opponent <laughs> um, so yeah good luck to Kevin and whenever he makes it big you know just don't forget you're your fave uh, his and her boxing duo. (laughs) See you next week. Bye.